0: Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff, and guess who's here in the crazy house with me? It's Richard! Hello! And Michael! Howdy! The morning zoo crew here behind the uh, desk console thing here to play some songs about drugs, because that's the topic. The Mount Rushmore of songs about
1: drugs. Richard, why did you choose it? Because you're on drugs! Drugs! I feel like I need, we need more, Jeff, please make sure you edit in a lot of sound effects. Yeah,
0: whistles. And whistles like and
1: bells and, and shit like that. Okay, okay sure. A lion roar. Yes. <laughs> um, there was a specific song, one of my choices, um, that I came on my Spotify mix, and it got me thinking, boy, there are a lot of songs about drugs, aren't they?
0: Well, why Why do we think that? Is it's because musicians are all on drugs? Is that it? Do you think? <laughs>
1: yes yeah i think you nailed it jeff yeah that's pretty much it
2: okay i think I think i think drugs have been part of i think that there was a rise in um pop culture drug use that kind of rose along with uh rock and roll i don't think it started with rock and roll obviously drugs have been around for a long time um i don't think i have any songs about um absinthe or anything or like oh yeah or like smoking opium but um i guarantee that you know they, they were there's poetry about that shit before like you know it was a uh, yeah
1: uh, my coca-cola's
2: got real cocaine <laughs> <laughs> i think i think that they uh, go hand in hand and i think that there's a lifestyle sort of thing that kind of goes hand in hand uh across the board across all genres of music that mm-hmm. i think that makes it um Various kinds of drugs make um, for interesting uh, bedfellows and songs and uh, topics are songs too.
0: Okay, all right. Richard chose it. Michael starts. What's your first one? So I tried. Oh, oh sorry. To... I yeah. should say, let's yeah. make these all over-the-counter drugs. I don't want to get into illegal.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got a Sudafed song. I've got <laughs> one about.
0: <laughs> okay, what's your first one, Michael? Sorry. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, the the Morrissey song that <laughs> mentions like um, as a Zaffa plan and all these different things. I'll, will find it at some point when you're talking. Sudafed head. <laughs> uh, I think that there's a pavement song that mentions like Tylenol, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, so I tried to uh, have an old fashioned category off in my own head, trying to think like, okay, what are four types of drugs or uh, that I can break this down to? So I went with, um, with a weed, A.K.A. Um, a marijuana, uh, mm-hmm. a hallucinogenic drug, uh, cocaine, and um, heroin. So let's see. I'm sure there's lots of other drugs, but I I don't know. I didn't have any. I don't think songs about like meth are fun, right? Is there a good oh, song yeah. about meth? I don't know. But no, the first probably song, not.
1: But, but the well, first song. A- I, go ahead. I was going to say, there's was was there, wasn't there a band called the Crystal Method? Mm, yes. Oh, good point. So, so my first choice is every
2: is the first four songs off of the Crystal Method's first album. <laughs> uh, my first song is um Past the Ducci by um, Musical Youth. the oh, that's wow! Eighty-two, um, kind of veiled um, song about smoking
1: weed. Where no, it's about a dutchie pot. <laughs> <like> <laughs> You're that. right. Yeah, that's what they, that's what they would that's what they would claim whenever asked about it.
2: Oh, um, it's a uh, reggae song out of England or pop reggae or I don't know what you'd call it, but it's um, one of my favorite songs for a couple of reasons. One, um, I remember this is just a song that would come on K-Rock every once in a while, and it would always seem kind of like out of place. K-Rock was so good back in the day of kind of mixing such a variety of music and uh, they kind of would have like a a reggae hour on like Sundays at like noon or something. But then they'd always kind of kind of intersperse this um, reggae music with a kind of their alternative and um, kind of new wave stuff. Um, But then also we had this album that was just like um, in our record collection somewhere. And I remember just how iconic it was that it had like um, the images of these, like um, four or five, like just, young-ish boys and um that looked always way cooler than me but they ranged from age of like 10 to like 15 or 10 to 18 or something so they were just kind of like they weren't quite menudo but they looked really cool and they looked cool from every age but uh getting to the song itself um it's a not so veiled um you know kind of song about smoking weed and i thought that um it was such a joyous song and like so many songs or a couple of the other songs that I have um, kind of might speak to the pitfalls of doing drugs and whatever, but um, a song that kind of celebrates sharing this drug with your friends, I thought was a good way to kind of start it out. Just singing about um, something that you really joy and really love and hey, pass it to me, you know, and this is from, coming from someone who's really never done any drugs and is uh, recording this podcast with a heating pad on his back because, God, I'm so old, I'm sure. Your main drug is
1: icy hot right now. It really is, our little little <laughs> um, uh, tiger bomb. Okay, I'm going to – the food's almost here, so now's a good time. I'm going to stop for a minute. Okay. I'll step out, and I'll be right back. Super.
0: That Richard Manfredi, what a guy! Uh, so are you? There's kidding? no way. There's no,
2: there's no way he knows how to play all three of those guitars at the same time. <laughs> are you kidding
0: me? <laughs> I, I'm curious. You were talking about your. You had kind of an idea of what uh, maybe like what role you were kind of moving in the direction of, and then it kind of changed. Is that right? Because
2: oh, so so I started working with the IT department. Now it's been close to two years, just kind of helping out on the help desk like basically kind of filtering things Uh to different departments and kind of trying to triage requests that come in um, and kind of speed things along. And I was doing a great job of it. But then they started having me help out more and more with the consultant IT work, which is we have like employees that work for us for Oxford, but then we also, you know, we're a staffing company. We have all these consultants that work for us that we send out equipment to or have technical needs where they're like employed with, I don't know, choose a company, Honeywell, but they're employed mm-hmm. through us. You know, they're staffed yeah. through us to, and sometimes they need technical help. Well, I've been over the last like seven or eight months kind of been moving towards working in the consultant area, um, but I've been like my kind of fingers are in all sorts of pies at once. I'm in too many different roles right now. Like I was working on the help desk and then I was doing this consultant stuff and I was doing all this other stuff and I was just kind mm-hmm. of all, been all over the place and been really stressed. And they finally hired a couple new people. And one person was kind of helping out their main role with the help desk and another person like helping out with it stuff. So it kind of freed me up to
0: yeah.
2: kind of focus on consultant stuff. Well, one of the people that was with the help desk moved to a different part of the company. And so I'm most likely, or I'm going to be moving back into this kind of more help desk role, which is probably more suited to my talents and it's a lot less technical, but then I don't know. It's just like, I'm just pulled in all these different directions because I can be, I've kind of often described myself as kind of like a utility player on our team Mm -hmm. because I can do half a dozen different things but then at some point it just becomes, I don't know, a little stressful and tiring. yeah. And then all of a sudden, this came out in the last week that basically this is what's going to happen. And, um, like I said, somebody's going to the guy that I work with is going to Chile for two months. to uh-huh. be working for most of it, and then another another the person is going on maternity paternity leave for like two to three weeks, if not longer. Yeah. So it's just going to be like. <sighs> It's not a hot boy summer for me. It's a. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired after, you know, watching my kid for a day.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I thought for some reason Chilla was in a drastically different. It's in my time zone, so it's not like it is. Gonna be,
2: yeah. Oh my goodness, I didn't even know that. I guess that makes sense. They they mentioned that he's going to be working, but he's going to be working. Um, east coast hours. Uh-huh. So, well I
0: I feel I feel for America. you cuz like this is the first time in my life I've realized, oh shit, I am stuck in a path. And oh, this chilly, job might be yeah. the last.
2: What? Wow. South America is really crazy. I agree. <laughs> Look at that entire country is like not where I expected it. There's nothing bef- below California. <laughs> 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 wow. Holy shit. Where the fuck is Brazil? (sighs) Uh, Rio de Janeiro is like the middle of the North Atlantic Ocean. That is crazy. What's this? Anyway. uh, Oh, I was just explaining to Jeff that, um, one of my, somebody that I work with is going to be in Chile for two months doing like work, but he's working like East Coast Times. And I was like, I don't understand that. But then we're looking at South America compared to North America. And, um, I didn't. I don't understand this planet, basically. This planet. <laughs> right. Oh, but Jeff, Jeff, you were saying before we get back into it that you don't understand. What were you saying about um your role? Uh,
0: when you're a kid, you think you got all the time in the world, and that ah. you could go from one thing to another, or that ultimately you could educate yourself into a new role or something like that. I'm not even. I'm not even at the point where, like, if I if I see some kind of new technology thing or new career thing. I'm 53 years old. They don't even hire me to do the shit that I know how to do. Nobody's going to hire me to do technology. Nobody's going to hire me to do anything.
2: You're like in the, prim, you're in the prime age to lose all your money on like NFT monkeys yeah. and like <laughs> yes. so. I would get into I would get into Seth like green. bored apes.
0: <laughs> yeah. White guy problems. Um, all right, so what? Oh, I, my I, I just done finished
2: the type on pass the duchy.
0: Okay. Uh, the Ducci has been passed, and now... Uh, so, has <laughs> so has the baton. So has the baton. What's your first
1: one? All right, so I'll go with the one that um, made me think of this topic, and that is the song Sorted, Sorted for Ease and Whiz by the British band Pulp. Wow. Um, and it's a song that's kind of... It's a great song. Um, was a controversial song in England. Um, essentially, it's a song that's about the drug culture around like raves and music festivals and uh, electronic music concerts, EDM, stuff like that. Um, The lead singer and songwriter of pulp Jarvis Cocker originally got the idea for a song because he was, he asked uh, a girl that he met who had went to go see the stone roses at one of these like kind of shows that was just out in the middle of a field somewhere on an Island and asked what, she remembered about it and what she said was, well, there are all these blokes walking around saying is everybody sorted out for ease and whiz, which is ecstasy and speed. And that's the only thing she remembered about it. (laughs) And he has thought it was such a great phrase that he could write a song about it. Wow. Um, And the whole point of the song is basically it's very much ambivalent towards drugs or sort of like, what's the point of, of, of drugs? And that's kind of Jar- Jarvis Cocker's whole take on the drug culture is it's all kind of hollow. It's yeah. all, you know, what's the point of going to a concert when you don't re- you when all you're there to do is take drugs and you don't remember anything about the concert. What's the whole yeah. point? Yeah. Um and the fact that, you know, you go to these things and everyone's super friendly because they're on drugs. But then like six in the morning, everyone's come down off the drugs and everyone's surly and angry and and don't want anything to do with each other. <laughs> and, I, you know, there are so many songs on that that are either celebrating drugs or kind of like, hey, you know, they're, they're either very much drugs are bad, don't do it, they're dangerous, or... You know, can talk about it from that standpoint. There aren't many songs that talk about it just as a drugs are really boring and stupid <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of kind of take on it. Mm-hmm. And so I I appreciated that. I mentioned it was controversial um, before the song was released as a single. The British tabloid, The Daily Mail, decided to make it a cause celeb and make it seem that Pulp was this song was going to be glamorizing drugs and they started a a campaign to try and get the the sleeve of the uh, the the record label band and it was just a big mess probably wound up helping helping the sales of the song of course it wound up number 2 in the british charts so it yeah, certainly that, didn't that, hurt, it didn't hurt it <laughs> yeah i'm I, i'm sure that it wasn't uh wasn't was what that wasn't missed by the uh, band the sort like of subtleness of it
0: probably a call from their manager or the label label itself to the British press (laughs) to say, Hey, I heard this song is about drugs. You should have it banned.
1: Right. And I think it's, I I think it's just sort of, it's interesting. Like I said, to have this song that kind of takes, kind of makes fun of a band's target audience. Mm -hmm. That's
0: one thing that I almost feel like, uh, Jarvis Cocker and, uh, Pulp could win the, um, uh, Hey, bro! Stop, stop harshing our audience award at the Grammys or something. Like
1: that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just you don't you don't see that every day. So I, I I really appreciate that as a song, and like I said, it's a really good song. I'm a huge Pulp fan, and uh, yeah, that's kind of the was the raison d'etre for the uh, for this week's episode.
2: I I think there's a nice production aspect of the song too, where they kind of intermix. Um, kind of the sounds, kind of lives it's it almost sounds like it's being performed live. I'm yes. sure it wasn't. I don't know if the actual track itself was a, a live version of the song, but probably not. but there are there's an aspect of it that makes it feel like you're um in a at a concert or hearing some kind of muffled guitar or muffled audience noises um, from like the background that makes it feel mm-hmm. like you're in this you know field in Camden, I think, as he says. Uh, and uh it's just great uh, great choice, Richard.
0: Well, good Thank or you. bad drugs at least have a mystery about them, and for somebody to say they're boring, they're stupid <laughs> you're you're dumb to mess with them. that's almost like uh demystifying a little bit so that's that's an interesting approach yeah, okay uh what is your next ca- uh song about drugs and is it about a hallucinogenic? It Michael. is. And okay. my
2: second choice is um probably the song that is uh either most identifiable if you're going to make like the like uh, uh hokiest uh drug scene in a movie where someone doesn't matter what kind of drugs they're on, uh the song White <laughs> Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is gonna be playing in the background where um, you know, uh, the lyrics are obviously taken from um Alice in Wonderland or through the looking glass or some sort of uh, Lewis Carroll sort of inspired, um, kind of psychedelia. But, uh, I think this song is just one of those where the strange, uh, kind of marching sound in the background. And it's kind of, uh, you know, the lyrics of like one pill makes you smaller and etc. etc. <laughs> uh, is like you know it seems like it's just it's like someone just cribbed the lyrics from just you know alice in wonderland but the music the psychedelic music in the background kind of um appeals to a person who might be under said influence of of drugs and i think that um that seemed to be obviously that what they were going for but you know sometimes on mount rushmore I think there are obvious picks that shouldn't be avoided just because they are obvious picks and I think this is one of those.
0: Oh yeah. I, I Sure. I find it fascinating listening to uh a uh, favorite podcast The History of Rock and 500 Songs about um the Doors and other uh the Birds and some early That's a um, that's music. a
2: podcast that I've been meaning to check out. I got to write it's, that one down again. It's but very I mean academic,
0: it. but it's very uh it has some really interesting connections and assertions, but like thinking of that song white rabbit or thinking of the end uh by the doors and how much they owe or even something like um 8 miles high how much psychedelic rock owes to raga and indian music and jazz and and um uh, all these uh people like thelonious monk you know um so but i think it's interesting what you described is the we are can examine the lyrics and what they're saying like sorted for ease and whiz but what you're describing michael i think is um the emotional state and that, that the music puts you in whether she was rambling she could be reading from william shakespeare or something like that and we would still know that this is a druggy song so
2: yeah i yeah. think definitely the music it's, itself is is or, or the music rather than the lyrics are what um kind of generates kind of like the kind of psychedelic yeah of
0: it wasn't grace like a uh socialite rich girl model <laughs> anyway so
1: yes, she was
0: <laughs> somebody was uh talking about uh i I think there's a lyric you've just had some kind of mushroom in that uh um song, and somebody was it was a meme I'll confess it was a meme that was talking about how people always say magic mushrooms like as if to infer, or as, as claiming that's that kind of mushroom that they got their psychedelic experience from. Like, like we thought you meant portobello mushrooms. Like, no. <laughs> right. no nobody thought. You don't have to say magic wink-wink mushrooms. We didn't think it was a shiitake that got you su- super high at Glastonbury. Okay. Alright, uh, Richard, what's your second one?
1: Alright, my second choice. Uh, same time period. Uh, a little more subtle, probably. Uh, gotta get you into my life. By the Beatles.
0: Oh wow! I didn't know that was a drug song.
1: That is a drug song. That wow. is a song. That is a song that Paul McCartney wrote about his uh, awakening with pot. Is that right? Yeah, and uh, he's basically said, "It's uh, here's the, the quote. It's actually an ode to pot, like someone else might write an ode to chocolate or a good claret." So it's basically about, you know, right around that time, that's when they were really, you know, the Beatles had been introduced to pot and it was something that was becoming part of their lifestyle. And Paul McCartney decided to write a song kind of celebrating that, but knowing that he couldn't come out straight out and say, this is about pot. So, but if you, if you listen to the lyrics, I mean, I took a ride. I didn't know what I would find there. Another road where maybe I could see some other kind of mind there. You know, it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 subtle in that you can get away with saying, thinking that it's about a relationship with you know, like your girlfriend mm-hmm. or your wife or whatever, you yeah. know, your significant other. But it's it is a love song, but it's certainly a love song about something that's uh not 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 human based.
0: Yeah, I love the Beatles because they're like. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds? No, that's not about drugs. Right. That, there's
1: a, that's, a, that's a drawing that my son's friend yeah. made.
0: Really? The LSD song? <laughs> okay. All right. I, I love, like, is this song the reason why Paul McCartney got r- arrested at every airport Wings ever landed in, it seems?
1: <laughs> well, I just assumed that in the 70s when he was with Wings, there was like a giant cloud of pot smoke that yeah. followed him around like Pigpen from... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. from peanuts yeah <laughs> that was probably the giveaway
0: uh-huh. uh well that's that's a lot of fun um yeah i think of uh the beatles career you can kind of chart their dalliances with um through every kind of substance what is it in that the hamburg uh germany you know having to take uh, uh methamphetamines to try to play on stage for eight hours <laughs> as they were required to so right i, I don't know if you could that they wrote any songs ever there but uh that's that's interesting that paul Paul's is an ode to marijuana yeah he seems so innocent now <laughs>
1: yeah and it's it's a great song too i mean i love that it's kind of when paul mccartney wrote it he wanted it to sound like almost like a Stax memphis soul yeah kind of sound it's got it um and the horns and everything it's got it so you've got this kind of upbeat sort of like real driving yeah. song about pot i feel which like is that not, means...
0: so, so go ahead
1: so, i was gonna say which you know things that i think about when i think of, of being being stoned hard driving and yeah. and ch- charging is not necessarily yeah. fast paced is not it what i think of it
0: seems like it's oh shit it seems like it's got like a backwards guitar solo or something in it or like a mellotron or something psychedelic sounding in the middle of the, that it seems like the kind of the maybe the requisite trippy sound in that song. yeah there's yeah. a lot a
1: lot of little stuff going on you know you got the yeah. the kind of very uh, you know the little guitar outro that kind of comes out of nowhere so yeah. there's you know there's you know little little guitar solos and things like that so
0: yeah and yeah we'll probably i, I love that uh, all of these songs that we're mentioning are probably in a pampers commercial or something like that somehow. oh sure
1: yeah I'm, I'm yeah once michael jackson got hold of it it was <laughs> yeah. you know i'm sure it was farmed out to for the for the highest yeah. bidder
0: all right, it's time to do drugs. It's our halftime. So what we do uh, at the halftime usually is uh, get out um, a drug paraphernalia. We start to insert drugs in it uh-huh. and we we mm, light, light up that uh, um, drug thing. And then we take a puff. Is that what we, I don't know. We a, take a snort. Getting closer. Okay. <laughs> um, and then we just go crazy and we go to our eye uh phones and download past episodes of the Mount Rushmore podcast and then just leave random stars on one on one and two on another but then a lot of 5-5-5-5-5-5-5 because we're getting crazy and we invite you to do the same thing too and then also if you don't mind now that you're in this suggestive hallucinogenic state just grab your phone and go to any of the socials that you'll find Mount Rushmore on and just type in a word collage and that will be our next topic that we discuss so it could be any series of words anything it doesn't have to make sense so let us know what topics you'd like to discuss
2: hey i'm will and i'm Kat. oh that was loud sorry if you love 1980s pop culture you'll love 1980s now Each week we discuss our favorite 1980s media. Like movies, TV shows, music. Yeah, we chat with our favorite 1980s celebrities. Let's see, we got a lot of those. Uh, And sometimes it's more meaningful, like affirmations with Dee Wallace. And other times uh, Alex Winter tells us what Bill and Ted's phone booth smells like. Smelly. But it's always fun. And sometimes there's a surprise game, like right now, because once again, it's time to play.
0: When you think of garbage, think of (laughs) Akeem.
2: No, I'm kidding. Uh, oh, stop. darn. I thought you had some. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to miss the 1980s. You can have your 1980s now. Because <laughs> that's the name of the show. Did it, you think people got that part? Uh, yes.
0: <laughs> and we're back. And now it's Winfield's third, probably about cocaine.
2: It is. Oh, I'm glad you took notes. Thank you. That I kept me right. on track. Yeah. Um, well, get higher, baby. Let's see. Get higher, baby, get higher but it's white lines. Also on my list. Also on my list. Oh, wow. It's a great okay. choice. In parentheses. Don't do don't it. Don't do it. Don't do it. By uh Melly Mel. Uh the uh nineteen eighty three um rap song that is uh kind of about the grandeur and the uh warnings of uh mm drugs and cocaine and uh smuggling drugs and smuggling lots of drugs and uh <laughs> it's a pretty ridiculous song the lines are uh increasingly ridiculous um but it's just so um iconic i don't know if uh i thought of it i'm uh, so pleased by the song um uh because of um that one scene in uh shawn of the dead <laughs> the <zombies laughs> sure. Obviously comes to mind. I can't hear the song without thinking of zombies. Unfortunately, uh. <laughs> uh, I think that what's funny about the song is it's so like overt in its caution. Like it doesn't really hold anything back. Like, you know, white line highway as a lyric that stands out. That's, um, you know, all the things that it just kind of speaks to. That's all about snort and cocaine and how you're going to get into trouble. Um, how it's going to kill your brain. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's just a ridiculous song about about doing cocaine, about how expensive it is. and how you're going to lose all your money unless you're like rich. And then it really just doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> <it's>,
1: <laughs> um, I don't know, Rich, why did
2: you think it? Why did you choose?
1: Well, this? you know, I th- I kind of chose it because it was one of the first kind of Rap songs to talk about drugs and really, really one of the first rap songs to kind of take on any sort of social issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, before that, rap was really just about braggadocio or going, or, or this is, it was party music. Um, and this is one of the first songs in its own way that tries to take on a, a a social issue. You know, the fact that the little section talking about where street kid gets arrested and he's going to do three years you know, three years time. But if a businessman gets caught, he's going to go out on bail.
2: Yeah. So
1: they were addressing the racial inequities of the, uh, social, the justice system decades before it was something that we were talking about in the mainstream. And also the baseline fucking slaps. That's the other reason. (laughs) Uh,
2: I was reading that, I guess there was some sort of, um, uh, contention regarding about, uh, the origins of the line and accreditation on the album, and um, boy, that happened a lot. It still happens a lot when um, you take part of a a bit of music and put it on your album, and uh, I guess you hope you don't get caught. Don't do it. Don't do it.
1: Yeah, there was that basically wound up bankrupting uh, Sugar Hill Records because they got the tar suit out of them by the uh, artists that owned the uh, copyright on the song, uh, liquid liquid, I think it's called, uh, that the baseline was essentially lifted from. Mm-hmm. And so even though the song was a big hit, especially in the UK, um, it wound up, uh, I think they lost like $600,000. And that was basically the end of the record wow. label. Yeah. So f- stealing other people's baselines don't do it. <laughs>
0: was this also- Oh, it's different than a sample right it's not like uh um uh because Sugar Hill gang uh, also ripped off uh good times um the uh, the the um rapper's delight has the kind of the walking bass line from
1: sure bass yeah sure okay. <laughs> and also don't cover this song which is something that Duran Duran did not learn uh oh. for their cover album in the 90s when they did a cover version of white lines with uh, what's his name? Simon LeBon attempting to rap. <laughs> it was about as successful as you would expect.
2: Oh wow! Uh, so so wait, that's when, when did that when, when did that one come out? When did let's hold? On, let me go to the Wikipedia page. When did is this did the only
0: don't out? do drugs song or the only anti-drug song so far?
1: Well, kind yeah. of sorted through ease and whiz. Yeah, to some okay, extent. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen ninety-five. Oh,
2: yeah. They should have known better by that. Yeah, by ninety-five,
1: yeah. they should have known better
2: they should have seen what Blondie tried to do and they should have seen what Adamant tried to do. And they should have said, let, let's stay far away from like the early days of, of appropriating this art form. But no, Hmm. I'm going to make a
1: list of, I'm going to make a list of English people who should be rapping. Yeah. The streets.
2: Okay.
0: That's (laughs) That's it. Okay. Okay. That's it. Uh, what, well, you his their Dixieland record was pretty good, and that's going out <laughs> of uh, uh, uh,
1: That was surprising. <laughs> yeah, that is the bluegrass album that they did. I was
0: uh, I think it was like a Simon LeVine interview of like a few years ago where he talked about all the times they tried to not beat Durant Durant and how they failed every time. <laughs> like, right. God bless them. God bless them. Okay, well, it's the last uh, the last one. Richard, I hope you're not too drugged out to tell tell us what your last choices.
1: Well, I have been doing all the drugs while we've oh, been. I thought you, well, I thought
0: you said, "Oh, you?" Did, I thought I said you do a drug just now. Oh, yeah. yeah, you just did a
1: drug. Lit- literally, I have an IV that has all of the drugs <laughs> just liquefied true. going into <laughs> my system. Um, so I decided my last one should be a more modern song, modern-ish, not really modern. I guess it's gosh, twenty years ago now, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Rudy Valleys,
0: I Love Opium.
1: Yes. (laughs) Um, The song is Because I Got High by Afro Man.
0: Okay, that's a funny song.
1: Which is just a funny song. You know, him kind of like uh, going through this laundry list of things that went wrong with his life because he got high. Mm -hmm. Whether it's failing his college classes or getting fired from his job or becoming a paraplegic. You know, it gets increasingly more absurd as the song yeah. goes on. As you can imagine, the song was whipped up very quickly by Afro man it was recorded <laughs> in a matter of minutes um, was something that he was just releasing. It was available as a single, I think uh, through his, if you go see him on a live show, um, it eventually uh, was posted on uh, Napster. Remember Napster?
0: Oh, remember yeah. when
1: a song being on Napster meant that it went viral? Wow. Isn't that weird? Anyway, wow. so it got on Napster. It went viral um, because uh, someone on the Howard Stern show found out about it. They started playing it on that show. And from there, it kind of just took off and was one of the, uh, I remember in 2001, it was really one of the hits of the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, total one hit wonder. Um, just, you know, a song just about, you know, getting high and all the bad things that'll happen to you if you do it, but you're still going to do it anyway because it's pot and it's fun. It's good times. Yeah.
0: It does seem like it's um, not lecturing, but it's not uh, sugarcoating it either.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a comedy song. Uh-huh. I don't know how else to put it. I don't even know if it... You... I guess it's hip-hop, but yeah. it's just sort of, it's just sort of there. It's its own, mm-hmm. it's, it's because I got high. It's yeah. its own thing.
0: He's got the the vocal dexterity of like a Bismarck key too. It's yes. Like he's, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, he is definitely, he uh, yeah. maybe yeah. a little, maybe, well, well, I don't, don't diss the biz RIP.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, Winfield, uh, if you can even hold on to the microphone, what's the last one you got?
2: mm uh, my final choice is definitely more um, melancholic, I guess, it, but and surprising as one of the biggest hits of, uh, you know, kind of the history of a alternative rock and roll. But um, Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Ooh, which oh. is definitely kind of like a fucking downer. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like it's a really depressing song about um, doing drugs. It's a really depressing song about like the choices uh, Anthony Kiedis had made um, kind of growing up in Los Angeles and all the things that he has kind of given up to get high and uh, do heroin and cocaine and all these things uh, versus being with friends and family and these feelings of isolation and depression and feeling only connected to uh los angeles as kind of like this oblique entity out there but like um i don't know it's one of those weird songs that um it's like a ballad to like shitty times and i don't think if anybody's sings about that. Do they I I guess maybe that's uh, all of country music. Never mind. Um <laughs> <laughs> but um I just find it interesting this song uh is it's like I don't know the the tone the the meter of it feels so like um so slow-paced until it gets to the end and then it kind of has this big explosion of I don't know if it's him coming out of his haze and funk and rejoining life but um i guess the story behind the song was that he was feeling really disconnected um from his bandmates like he had stopped using drugs but some of his other bandmates hadn't and so he kind of felt this um distancing not uh distance distancing from his other um bandmates and writing kind of this poetry about that and kind of reflecting on these times when he was just high all the time and um, I don't know I think it's a very interesting song that starts one place and gets so much bigger and bigger by the end Um, I don't know is that what uh, doing drugs is like I assume that's what it is I assume you're just feeling um, terrible until you uh, shoot something in your vein and then you're just like exploding (laughs) super happy
0: (laughs) I do not know.
1: Yeah,
2: um, I mean, that's the thing. Like this, this you are t- talking to someone who has never done any sort of drugs in his life, so I, you know.
1: You know, I uh, my, uh, my 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 contribution to this song is a great choice, by the way, Michael. Um, was I remember watching Saturday Night Live when they performed this song,
2: mm. and
1: John Frusciante, the guitar player, was ironically really whacked out on heroin and also hated the song, so oh. he decided to. Sabotage the band and the performance by playing the intro out of key, wrong tempo, wrong notes, just completely mangled it on purpose, and wow. just threw off the band for the rest of the song. So I just in, in retrospect and Anthony Kiedis talked about it in his, his biography, um, in retrospect, it's kind of fascinating that you've got this song about the dangers of heroin and you've got people up there playing the song badly because they're on heroin.
0: <laughs> well, I would say that that that, that song does uh, put me in definitely a mood uh, when I hear it. And as far as songs we've uh, listed that kind of, uh, they don't glorify it, or they put you in, a, in an atmosphere in which you think people might be doing drugs. But that song definitely does have this... Uh, gloomy kind of vibe to it that portends like uh, a person facing a uh, an inflection point where they got to decide to try to get out of it before they get consumed under the bridge could be under the water for, for that person. So yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And as an so... in Angelino, for sure, I feel like I'm, I'm understanding you can, you connect with it because it There's... probably at North Hollywood high, they probably had teachers dealing drugs, right?
2: In that school, uh... Did they give it to yeah, you? I mean, I, drugs? we'd walk through the gate and they just, they would hold out a whole, like, uh, they had just like a whole, like, little smorgasbord. It was almost like yeah. a charcuterie plate of what kind of drugs do you want to do today yeah. for, for yeah. lunch? And you'd say like, okay, well, here's my 50 cents. I want to do this drug and I want to do that drug. And then you'd see somebody else, and they'd have a cookie. And then you'd uh, take all of that stuff, just trade it for a big chocolate chip cookie because they had those for like 75 cents. Those were good chocolate chip cookies. I would say that's that's my... And they were big cookies, too. They were big cookies, too.
1: You know, there aren't many songs that are pro heroin. There are a lot of pro-pot songs, for example. You just don't see many upbeat kind of fun songs about heroin. Yeah. Why why do the heroin songs always have to be the downers, is what I'm trying to say.
0: Well, then that's the first thing um, on the Mount Rushmore is um, Semi-Charned Life by... uh, Third, third Eye Blind. Third eye blind. <laughs> I think that's an upbeat song about heroin, actually. It um, is. Yeah. So, uh, no. Okay. So, I am not going to do that to you guys. Why don't we uh, choose... Um, definitely want we'll choose White Lines because Richard and Michael both thunk about it. same bass. <laughs> Richard opened my eyes to a song that I've been listening to my whole life. And that is actually about marijuana. So, got to get you into my life. Let's do that one. And boy, you really took me on a ride under under uh, uh, the bridge there, Michael, on that one. So let's choose under the bridge. Is that it? Or do I have another you one? Got one, one more. One more. You can one do more. this. You can I do can, this. I Jeff. think I can do this. I have this. faith in you. I think I can do this. Um uh, I hope you choose the
2: song that I most I most attribute to Jeff. i when I ever <laughs> think of the song, I think of Jess. Let's see if we can do it.
0: <laughs> because I got high.
2: Afro man, he did
0: That's it. It. That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's it. Guys, we uh, got to go to rehab. Maybe we yeah. should do the Mount Rushmore
1: uh, Hey, I said no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Amy Winehouse. Oh, rest, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, uh. Okay, this has been the Mount Rushmore of Songs About Drugs. I am always Jeff.
1: I'm Richard. I'm Afro man. Drugs. 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 Yes.